All right, everybody, welcome back to another quarantine edition, actually international edition of the Control Room Podcast. I got my guy, Duran, coming from, from Egypt. Cairo, Egypt? Cairo, bro. Cairo. Shit, man, it took a minute to connect because I was I was uh, messing up on the, uh, the, the, the the time change, man. You nine hours ahead. It's, it's a struggle, bro. It's a struggle trying to do work here. And then also working, you know, back home as well. So trust me, I understand it's a it's a hard thing to maintain for sure. But I appreciate you having me back on. This is my my third time in the control room. I'm excited to to go, you know, get the head to head. Got a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, no. this and we going have we going sports heavy. You, this is this is something you've wanted to get into. Um, but but first, let me you let me promote something for you. You you said uh, yesterday you had to get up early for some run. You have. A project going on though. Can you explain it to us. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the projects I've been working on outside of like building my business is I launched a community outreach program for refugees here. Um, mm-hmm. Noticing there was kind of like a void with representation for Black faces out here. Um, I wanted to you know create a safe space for people that were you know runners. Um, so we've been meeting um, a couple times a week with about twenty to twenty five. Um, dudes that are like ages 20 to you know 25 age range and they just been getting up in the morning and, and getting some miles in and we created a little community for shit man that's dope that's dope that you even thought of something like that and you just get like how long do you guys run for like what's the what's the run list look like i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say i'm i'm out there maxing out with them because i was curious that's what i wanted to ask how would you do it <laughs> <laughs> about, I, I try to put in a nice three to four k, and then I, you know, then I put I put my energy into like getting some content and taking pictures for the group. Okay. Um, but they're out there putting in like a solid ten k, sometimes more. Um, and then a lot of those dudes also run outside of that group as well. So what what we're trying to do is kind of train them um, to get prepared to do like competitions and marathons and things like that uh, that they haven't been open and having access to uh, before we started. This. So that's kind of where they're thinking. Um, you know, how can I get into like a little competitive mode? And for me, you know, I wanted to create something where we were bridging refugees with outside foreigners um, and coming together in that commonality of both, you know, all of us being black. And then also it helps as marketing for my company. So instead of me paying for Facebook ads and Instagram ads, um, you know, I'm doing something where I'm helping the community and also helps marketing for me too. So I'm curious what the, the COVID social distancing situation is like out there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, it's definitely a lot more relaxed than back in the States, but they're, they've, they've taken some precautions. So you have to be masked up when you're going into like public areas. Um, yeah, most businesses at this point aren't even letting you inside unless you have a mask. Public transportation is mask mandatory. Um, and then anywhere you go, they have hand sanitizer and things like that. And then any hospitality business, for the most part, has been closed down. So I don't know when that, I think that's supposed to be resuming pretty soon. Um, but hotels, restaurants, nightclubs, all that kind of stuff, like it's the same as it is, is everywhere else worldwide. Damn, okay, yeah, that's, that's exactly the same. And uh, it's pretty much worldwide and things is similar over here where we're trying to open up slowly. Um, I don't trust it. You know, I did break down and finally get my hair cut because it was just it was just time. Uh, but yeah, man, we uh, hopefully we'll come out of it. But I actually wanted to have you on because um, obviously we're huge sports fans and, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement you know, it's really, really taking over the whole COVID situation. 
And, uh, man, whether it's the NFL, NBA, even NASCAR recently is, uh, you know, banning the Confederate flag, which shocked the shit out of me. Uh, man, I just wanted to, you know, get some of your thoughts on, you know, how the sports world is reacting uh, to the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I mean, I like, I mean, there's, I mean, everybody's been reacting, had their own little reaction. So if we're starting with like basketball, I think basketball has always kind of been in the front, forefront of handling these type of issues. Obviously, the, the league is predominantly African-American. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do. I've heard a little, a couple of rumors with some players not even wanting to resume the season yeah. until this kind of stuff kind of dies down, which, you know, I totally understand because they, you know, we have activists in the league and LeBron's a, a huge figurehead for the league. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really know how that's going to go. I, I, that's, that's the, that's primarily what I've heard. Like they want to start up, but then some people aren't feeling comfortable until this kind of stuff dies down and because and, they don't want to take the focus away from the movement, which I, yeah. I super respect. Um, and then, I mean, NASCAR, NASCAR. I mean, I, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate <laughs> you. I think that's, I think that's a big move. Yeah. Um, I still don't, I still need to see a little bit more, but I think that's, that's groundbreaking for them, for them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'll give them kudos for that, I guess. No, the NASCAR um, thing shocked me. There's a couple yeah. things I never thought I would see in my lifetime. One was a black president. Did just yeah. didn't see it happen. <laughs> okay. yeah, and, and then the other was NASCAR removing the Confederate flag. Cause like that's yeah. home base for them. Yeah. You that's know, like, a like, like, like with the NBA, that's a more progressive league. You yeah. know, with NASCAR, that's conservative, deep South. They are draped in Confederate flags, going to the races, which is why, like, yeah. I've never seen a single NASCAR race because I knew that wasn't for me. Was I'm not their us. target yeah. audience, and they're not going to try and make me their target audience. Yeah. But, you know, a black driver uh, who I'm just finding out there's black NASCAR drivers, this dude named Bubba Wallace. Yeah. came out and was like, we need to get rid of that shit. And like, I think it was in the span of 48 hours it was done. You had some dude named Ray Circarelli. <laughs> even, even when I heard his name, yeah. I was like, I thought they said Bubba Watson. I was like, oh, the golfer? <laughs> like, the golfer is driving? I didn't even know who Bubba was. So yeah. I, I definitely had to clock in on all that. Because I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't even know we had one yeah. you know, out there mingling. Yeah, yeah. But then there was some other dude who came out who basically said at the end of the year, he's not going to drive anymore. But it turns out he was like a nobody. Like NASCAR didn't know who he was. He's essentially in the G League of NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said that, you know, he didn't care about the Confederate flag, but other people do and people should be able to wave whatever flag they want. So, I, like you said, I got to give big ups to NASCAR. I've never seen a race. I'll probably try and figure out whenever the hell Bubba Wallace is racing and go support but like you said i want to see if they actually enforce it yeah and i i like that like i'm not even i think like like just the climate of what's going on is like the best mirror for the world because at this point it's forcing you to kind of pick a side so i'm i i love the fact that nascar came out so strongly it wasn't like a soft stance yeah. on it like you know we're in support of it but we still blah blah blah, blah. like you've seen with a lot of major corporations they came out and was like no, this will not be around. We do not want to make anyone uncomfortable, um, you know, going from there. Um, so dude actually coming out and like saying he was going to retire. I was like, hand clap. Like, I'm glad everybody has to pick a side at this point. You either with humanity or you with the old way of how things were rolling. And if you with that old way, you know, miss, you know, dismiss yourself because we're going to get you up out of here anyway. So. Well, somebody who had to kind of walk back their stance going over to NFL was Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees been, you know, repping New Orleans 
you know, for a long time and people have had his back. He's gotten a lot of love from everybody, including the black community, especially yeah. like during Hurricane Katrina and everything like that. Yeah. So he came out when somebody asked him just like a softball question, like, hey, with everything going on, if players are kneeling during the anthem, like, you know, would you join them? How do you feel about that? And he was just like, I'll never support anything. Yeah. That, yeah, he said it with his chest. He said it with yeah, his chest. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't respect the flag <laughs> and da da da, da. It, it's unify us all. And everybody was kind of taken back, like, yo, why the, where is this coming from? Man, his teammates came after him. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, uh, I think Emmanuel Sanders just said he was ignorant. You know, he yeah. just don't know. He he don't know enough to know. And he yeah. quick Shannon Sharp got after him. You know, yeah. um, they got a, they ate his ass up, which I was happy <laughs> about that because I'm like, I mean, it's just a once again, it's just a mirror. Like it, you could be doing all that, you could be living in the Nolia. You know what I mean, you could go meet Lil Wayne, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, but they like there's still a there's still a disconnect in understanding like what is. Um, offensive to other people and what oppression looks like on this side of things. You know what I mean? So everybody, like with him, you know, when he when he sees the flag and he hears the national anthem, he thinks immediately about his grandparents. And I'm like, yo, we're not thinking like that. And no. you need to respect the fact that this is super offensive and like a, a, a systematic part of our society that's oppressing a, like a group of people. Like you need to either get with, on the, like I said, get on the right side of humanity and equality for everybody or put yourself over here and get lit up. And that's what people are starting to realize. And it's sad that it takes something like, you know, the death of George Floyd for people to realize that, hey man, maybe this flag in this country doesn't mean the same thing for everybody. You know, mm -hmm. like you say, the, 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 the history of black people in America is not the same for white people, okay? Even, even military veterans, you know, like my dad served two tours in Vietnam. You know, and he yeah. does still stand for the flag and, you know, he puts his hand over his heart because, you know, that's what he does. But he also has taught me, like, when he came back, he wasn't treated the same as his white military buddies. You know, yeah. some people were, were refused service and, you know, other people still had to fucking fear for their lives. So when you yeah. look at that flag, it's not always unifying for yeah. everyone. And now Drew Brees has come out. He's apologized. He realized he said it too much with his chest. And he wasn't being sensitive, and now he wants to be an advocate and move forward. I think I think Trump. But how do you how do you feel though? Because he had about three shot attempts at this apology. I was like, damn, my boy going to apologize every day, every yeah. day. Because like and yeah. like the first the first one was like it was still nasty. This, yeah. I'm not I'm like my man. Like I need you to just sit down for a little bit, you know, absorb it. Let's let's take 72, 72 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Not jump like because there's because you can't be saying it with your chest. That that yeah. you can't be that serious about it and then get it the next day like yes. i don't care i don't care yeah. who you are so i'm yeah. like my oh, man just let it let this marinate for a little bit and show yeah. us like you've actually took some time to process you had some conversations you're not just responding off people you know getting in that ass because <laughs> they, were, they, they, they were chanting like fuck drew Brees." i think in new orleans yeah 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 but you know Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I'm with you. I was going to ask the same thing, like, how you feel about his apology. How do you feel about people who say they want to make a change? It's really about your actions. You know, you can say the right things because it's just like you can't feel and talk one way for, I don't know how old you breathe. Your breathe is almost 40 years old. And then the next day you're about the movement. Okay, that's kind of unrealistic. But 
Trump did go at him, and I think he went back at Trump. And I think yeah. people are looking to see, like, okay, you said this. Now you need to follow through with your actions. Because if I was a teammate of his, I would be watching him very, very closely oh, yeah. and seeing how he handles himself going forward. Like, I was like, okay, I accept your apology, but I, I haven't forgot shit. And I'm yeah. going to monitor you and see if you really are being sincere or if you did, because like you said, people ate his ass up. Yeah, and then it's like, it's layered to me, because like, you wanted us to look in your eyes on the second uh, second apology. But yeah. When you was talking to Trump, I didn't see no eye sockets. You know <laughs> what I mean? I saw a bunch of, I saw a bunch of characters in a yeah. written statement. So yeah. I was like, I would have I preferred that to be the same type of energy and you talking with your voice after all that. And then it's like, yeah, like you said, I mean, it just takes time. I think, I think Drew Brees has equity yes. um, based off of his actions. So if there's a difference between you being racist and you just not understanding, like, the scope of things, you know what I mean? So I don't think he's, I don't think he's necessarily racist. And I think there's that, there's definitely a, a, a fine line there. I just think he doesn't understand what life is like for black people because he hasn't had to try to do that. So, um, yeah. I had that talk with a friend of mine, Ryan, you know, friend of the show. And uh, we just discussed like, like I said, there's a difference between being racist, but it's also frustrating when you know someone's not racist, but they're actively choosing not to educate themselves on the subject matter. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Well, like, you're choosing not to know. I was talking to somebody, yeah. and they were like, yeah, lately I've only been listening to uh, fantasy baseball podcasts because, you know, if you listen to all the other shows, and he kind of stopped himself. He was like, they're just talking about COVID. And I was like, mm, <laughs> no, they're, they're talking about some no, other stuff, not. too. <laughs> yeah. no, COVID's on like line three right now. Right, right. They're talking <laughs> about some other stuff right now, too. But he's actively choosing to avoid those shows. He's putting his head in the yeah. sand. He's focusing on the shit he wants to focus on. So yeah. when he can plead the fifth, like, oh, I wasn't aware. I didn't know. It's 2020. It's th- yeah, there's no. There's no that, I don't but, know. But that just shows, that also... That shows you the level, what people like, the, the disconnect there is like, you don't even understand what type of privilege that is. Like, for whatever reason, I went on Facebook the other day and I forgot what type of nasty playground Facebook is when yeah. things happen. Like my, 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 my Instagram is really filtered down to be like, like-minded with me. Yeah. I'm, I can protect my energy. Facebook is just a wild, Game of Thrones, 300, it's everywhere with it. <laughs> so like, I'm on there and I'm seeing even people that I used to work with, and a lady uh, that I used to work with, she's married to a police officer. Shout out to her, unfortunately. Uh, but like, like, so she's like, she puts, she puts a status up that says, um, you know, good morning, have a happy work week to the four people I haven't muted or blocked on here because, <laughs> of all the, because of all the information. And I found myself not even thinking about it subconsciously. Like I was just, I just started drafting a text. Like yeah. I got, I got to comment on this because I think Facebook just brings that. That, that side of you out. And I ended up yeah. not talking to, not, not sending it because I, I just don't have time. But like, yeah. like, I think people don't even realize what type of privilege that is to be able to turn that off. Like, I can't turn off police brutality just because I put my social media filters on. Like, I still have to walk outside. Yeah. And when I see a police officer, it, you know, I know what time it is. So right. like, I think people don't even understand like how much of a, of a privilege that is. And then on top of that, it's like, yo, it's been two weeks you stressed off two weeks, yeah. like, bruh, like you don't even know. And then you hear comments from police officer, police chiefs in New York and LA. And I'm like, 
oh, you guys are really stressed out because we're treating you like black people. Yeah. God damn, like that's yeah. crazy to me that you are like this stressed. Like we're not thugs. You're right. treating us like animals. I'm like, you guys we're are not all the same, you know? Bro, bro. <laughs> and that, and someone, someone eloquently put it together where they said, we're watching a social experiment where for the first time ever, police are having to feel what it's like to be accused of something that you might not be guilty of, you're just associated with. Yeah. And the world is telling you to stop resisting and you're like, I'm not resisting. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. stop resisting. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? For the first time, like, you know, you are resisting. Like, we on your ass right now. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. So we just got to give it some time, um, you know, with the Drew Brees situation. I haven't, I haven't been following up to see I'm interested because I haven't seen like a lot of NBA teams really take. I know, I know, I kind of feel like I know where they stand just because their product, but yeah. they're not like coming out like you know, like when your man Donald Sterling had this whole situation. They like, I feel like I haven't heard enough from NBA teams where they're like, let's no, acknowledge. You, you bring up a great point because uh, I was listening to the show and they were talking about we've heard from players and we've heard from coaches, but we haven't heard from owners. And yeah. they were referencing the NFL because people, uh, they ate up Roger Goodell's whole statement because how he was like, oh, yeah, like we're, we're for Black Lives Matter and peaceful protests. And they're like, aren't you just saying people that ran cap out the league? So nobody's trying to hear from you right now. And you, and you made sure not to say Cap's name. And I don't, like, I don't know if that's legally because I thought yeah. that case was already finished. Yeah. But y'all made sure to not say, sorry, Colin Cap. Yeah. I know that was like, like, we, we bad. Yeah. yeah. And but no, a lot of people look and I listen, I gotta I gotta own it. They're calling out Jerry Jones, you know, my my Dallas Cowboys owner, because they're like, you are the face of the owners. Everybody follows your lead. You're very, very, very outspoken. You don't let nobody shut you up. And you ain't got nothing to say right now. Nothing? Yeah. You know, I think yeah, he's playing the fence for sure. He's, yeah. he's thinking I think he's thinking dollars and cents. Like he might be doing some advanced analytics, like well, how much he, is it? Well, because he came out last year and was like, none of my players are kneeling, period. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it was like he came out super strong. Not last year when Cap was on his thing. So yeah. he came out strong then, but he's real quiet right now. Yeah. You know, so that's disappointing. And then I think they said the same thing with just NBA and professional owners. And, you know, certain people may feel a certain type of way about my guy, MJ, but he is the only, like, majority black owner who came out and made a statement and is donating a hundred million dollars over the next 10, uh, next 10 years to social activism. So MJ at least is setting the tone for the owners, but there's other owners who need to come out because like you said, it's not just, it's not our fight. It's not just, this should be for everyone. Yeah. You know, for equality. So if you're, yeah, it's like, this is what this, if you want everybody to stand up and, you know, salute the flag and feel like unified, everybody kind of has to be a part like that's why i'm doing what i'm doing like usually i like doing uplifting lighthearted shows but right now i don't even feel right posting anything else except on this subject matter because man all the other stuff is bullshit right now like you gotta help you gotta be a part of the movement and even in our own like small little atmosphere our our small little voice that we have shit man we doing it so they gotta do it too Exactly. I think, yeah, anything else is a distraction at this point. We've got to focus in. And that's what I'm saying. I'm happy that some of those players came out and was like, we might have to wait till this dies down. As much as I'm like, I need some hoops in my life terribly because I can't, we can't even hoop. We no. can't watch the hoops. I'm like, I just need some basketball, please. Um, but I under, but I completely understand. It's a, it's a serious time right now. It's a, 
and it's a it's a major opportunity to make change. And the and me being in Egypt specifically, like that I'm around people that look at America as the as the you know the status quo of you know yeah. something that you're reaching for. So everybody's sitting back and watching, like, is this momentum gonna carry through? You know, if if Black Lives Matter ends up making this happen and we unified around this, does other other groups of people that are feeling oppressed, does that mean that we have a shot to overcome, you know, our oppression as well? Isn't so there's a major moment for just isn't how right it, isn't that how it always is where we lead the movement and then other people come behind? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, straight up. So I hope I'm I'm hoping like I'm hoping that it's not just a lot of, you know, press release statements. And I like that people are actually putting money behind, um, you know, the things that they're doing. Um, but yeah, we just got to wait and see. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a layered problem. It's not going to take one solution to fix this. You know what I mean? So I'm like, it's going to take you. And it's been a 400 year, 400 year problem. So hopefully, you know, we figure this out. Yeah, one thing that's really surprised me is I'm hearing people speak that never speak on these type of like I'm a I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. I don't really watch it that much anymore. But when pro because pro wrestling is almost like NASCAR, where they got a lot of people in the South and who are conservative and Confederate flag, all that. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin came out and was fucking cussing somebody out who was talking about the Confederate flag. He's just like y'all some traitorous losers if you rep that flag. You know, uh, this dude named Randy Orton came out and, you know, talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. That, that if you, like you say, social media is a fucking dangerous place. If you go into those comments, it's vicious in there. There's definitely people still on the other side. But like you said, man, it's good. Hey, pick your side in history. Are you going to be on the right side or are you going to be on that old fucked up wrong side? You know? Yeah. And then... But I think we're saying the same thing, man. We're just trying to wait and see. And hopefully there is um, people follow through with all these statements. You know, a lot of companies are coming out saying they support the Black Lives Matter movement. And shit, that's something we've never seen before. So at least hey, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. But then I'm also I'm surprised at how many major corporations. I mean, this just goes to show how inclusion is so important because there are so many corporations fumbling right now. And it is like mind-boggling brothers shit that i'm like how why would you why would you say that and then you have to walk it back the next day or even or even this like like not not to get even on picking a political side but like i think most people could see like trump is probably supercharging um you know people that want to keep the sit the old system in place right mm -hmm. like he can't be making this any easier for democrats and then my people <laughs> come out with the kente cloth Taking the knee, I'm sitting here like, yo, how easy can he make this for you? And you guys clearly did not run this game plan by any black people ever, ever. Like, we did y'all even look in the mirror before you was like, you know what? You know what they'll love? Yeah, this will get them the kente cloth. Like, my man, like, just go change some policies and call it a day. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> craziness, man. So I'm, su I'm just surprised at uh, just the lack of awareness like well like you said man that's the man certain people this is their first time really actually paying attention and so they don't know what to do like for example the lsu coach uh fuck i forget no clemson coach um i forget oh, um i know what you're talking about Pablo something but yeah Bobo sweeney or something yeah 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 where he came out with a football matter shirt and then basically 
without saying all lives matter, basically was just saying like God loves everyone type of deal. So basically hashtag all lives matter, hashtag football matters, just because he's a football God over there, nobody's going to touch him. People like that. And the New York Knicks owner came out with some bogus statement and people were killing him too. So you're right, man. This, this is a layup. This is as easy as it gets for some people yeah. to get, you know, a little PR hit. They still, they still dropping the ball. That's what I'm saying, bro. But that's what I'm, I'm like, I don't know, maybe, obviously I wasn't in the room when they made the Black Lives Matter slogan, but I'm like, do we need to add like two on there? Like Black Lives Matter two? Just so like y'all could just ease the hell up? Cause that's really what the, the that's what it means is Black Lives Matter two. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know why you guys feel like you have to be like, no, 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 all lives. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know. We're just saying like, like Black Lives don't really matter to you guys. So we just want to let you know that like, they kind of matter sometimes. Nah, man, that's just people not giving, being like, we don't want to hear you. We don't give a shit about y'all. My life matters too. Fuck you. Like they say, like, that. there have been numerous analogies, like if your house is on fire and the fire department stops, yeah. it's watering down all the other houses. They're like, yo, my house is on fire. Yeah, but these, these houses matter too. So I'm going to wet them up just in case anything happens to you. <laughs> then we'll get to you, okay? It's like, no, no, I need you right now. You know? Exactly. People know what's going on. Just like you say, the lady who is making her issue, like, I, I know some people who know cops. I work mm -hmm. with cops. I, yeah. I have family friends who are cops. It's yeah. not about the cops' lives and their reputations and them being lumped together. It's about black lives that have been fucking victimized, brutalized since the beginning of this country. You know, yeah. people are finally, everybody in unison is coming out being like, you know what, this is fucked up. We need to change the system. And then people are coming out online, making it their issue, talking about yeah. their husband or their brother or whatever. It's like, not right now. Like Drew Brees coming out, making about the flag and his military background. It's not about you right now. And it was never about the flag or the national anthem, my man. It was about police brutality. And that was just the moment he took to speak on it. So it's like the way that people are deflecting, it's like, yo, just listen to the core issue. Um, but you, you, yeah, you just have a lot of people that are resistant to change. A lot of people have been very comfortable um, with the system, even though it was obviously beating us the fuck up. Um, but yeah, man, I'm glad, like, it's unfortunate that it took a pandemic, no sports, no concerts, no parties, <laughs> uh, you in the house, you broke as fuck, getting $1,200 for the last five months, whatever it may be, yeah. for people to be like, you know what? let's clock into this, like, yeah. let's clock into this, because, like, had, because I, th I talk about this, like, if people were at work right now, how many people would have been, you know, empowered enough to take off time to go protest this type right. of situation? I think black people might have been down with it, but I don't know how, how much the other communities would have, you know, unified um, and came together if they had to go to work and had to choose their money over repping for us. And people lock in on their own issues, and I'm not saying this is selfishly, but, like, if you're, if you're struggling at work, you got a boss, that's on your ass or whatever, like you lock into your problems. You ain't got time to worry about other people's problems. So you're yeah. right, people are at home, they don't have any other distractions and then they see something as crazy, irresponsible right. and brutal as that tape was where a dude is just chilling on somebody's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Like it's kind of like, there's no wiggle room around this. Like this is just wrong. And yeah. you know, the funny thing is if you talk to cops, you know, I, I mentioned this with my brother, like, they can't help but say he wasn't a good guy, but he didn't deserve to die. As opposed to if this shit is just wrong, 
We have yeah. a problem with the system. Just leave it alone. Yeah. They got to slander the man's name. They got to come up with some type of excuse. Qualify. I talked to another dude who's like a canine unit guy. He was like, I don't know if it was racial. It was wrong, but like, I don't know if it was racial. So they're always trying to duck and dodge like the issues. It's just like, this shit's fucked up. No, it was, it was nasty across the board. And they're coming out with new information where the, you know, the police officer that did that, I don't even want to drop his name, but like yeah. he had history with bro. So they've been yeah. able to like elevate it from the, the trash ass third degree they were trying to give us to, you know, elevate it up. And my whole thing is this is, this is how nasty it is. They said they used to work together. They're both bouncers at a club. The officer's daughter also was a server at the club, and and uh, George Floyd was. Man, I'm like, okay, so you killed my man because you hated him, but you yeah. were arrogant about it because he was black and you thought there would be no recourse. So it's it's like it's it's both it's both like you you're nasty because you hated my man and you killed him with your hand in your pocket, but you were you had no emotion about it because you was like this is just a black life. So. Right. Hey, he did, there's, there's no scenario he's thought that the world would turn on him. Like, yeah. did. even though it was being recorded and people were begging him to get off of him, he still yeah. didn't think, he's probably like, I'm gonna be cool. Ain't nothing gonna come from this. Bro, we did it. Yeah, and they just released the, um, the police report and it's so nasty, details nothing like this. <laughs> and, then you, and then you also notice like when they pick him up off the ground, like, he's not going with the EMT medical staff. They're handing him to other police officers. That's not how you handle uh, those type of situations. So clearly, it's a whole system of, like, you know, just get this, just get this dude up out of here, write this trash report, and we're going to go about our business and call it a day. Yeah, and I got to say, I mean, I, I want to move on to the NBA just so we can end on something lighthearted. But for anybody who's listening to this podcast, because, like, I have had people reach out to me and say it's very informative, educational, and I appreciate it. Like, if you're still questioning whether this stuff is racial and there's a systemic issue, I know I don't go into every single case that happens because it's only going to piss me off when I go into the details. I still haven't watched the video fully just because, one, I knew how the story was going to end and I already know how it is. But if you go to Stephen Jackson's page, he has a list of the cases where it's Tray Trayvon Martin, whether it's, you know, uh, Eric Garner, or Anthony, Anthony Hill, or Oscar Grant, Castile, Tamir Rice, a fucking 12-year-old with a toy gun. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really go in depth to all these cases and start adding it up, and obviously George Floyd, like, you're going to be like, all right, maybe maybe they've been telling the truth the whole time, and we kind of need to change. And the yeah. police, of course, needs to change, because this shit is sickening when you look into it. And, uh, yeah, man, it, just do a little bit of research, educate yourself, and you will be a much better person for it, I promise. Yeah, and if you don't think it's, and if, if you still, even off based off that, just go understand, go dissect how much policing and the prison system is big business. And then you understand why a lot of this stuff is happening to one, one particular group of, of, of people in this world. It is one of the biggest businesses, and just, you need to go figure out why prison systems is a big business. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Let's jump. Let's jump into the the heavyweight <laughs> bout that we need to really like. I, I I'm glad we got that. Um, yeah. That was the major thing we needed to touch on. But another major thing we need to touch on the Battle of L.A. Let's get to it, man. We, you we, got, know into it. we got into it last night. We look, man. The Clippers head to head shit past decade on the Lakers. Yeah. We run L.A. 
as soon as the NBA comes back, okay, yeah. Kawhi is going to do what he does and, you know, win a chip. It's as simple as that. I mean, is it just cool to say that? Or do yes. you really feel you really feel that in your heart that you guys run this? Because honestly, like, not, I'm not even like I'm not even gonna play around with you. Like, like thinking logically, like not emotionally. Yeah. Like, you guys can win the championship to this year, and you still think you would like psychologically run LA? You think you would have like more fans, more national fans? Like, no, no, honestly, no, no, no. Like, popular the popularity contest will always go to the Lakers. The Lakers okay. are a global brand. You've had some of the you if the Lakers all time starting five is better than NBA. Anybody else is starting five in professional sports. You got Magic, you got Kobe, you got Worthy, you got Shaq, you got Kareem. You Jerry got West. Keep going, Will. Jerry West. Elgin Bay. If you want to get Michael <laughs> Braun in there, you can, even though he hasn't made the playoffs as a Laker. Gasol. Okay. Well, he's going to make it this year. That's already locked up. So. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> but facts are facts. It's all about what happens on the court. So what's been happening on the court the past decade is yeah. the Clippers have been the better squad. That's, so, that is true. That is true. But I just want to know why, why, is, why is beating the Lakers your championship, but our, our championship is, is the championship? Because <laughs> we, we love what it does to you. Because every, every year you guys are supposed to come back and beat us. But when we beat you down, look, we're little bro. So little bro is now bigger than big bro. So we enjoy slapping you around. Are we going to win the championship? Sure. But making sure you guys don't win the championship is just a sweep. <laughs> he said, are we going to win? Sure. Bro, I'm like, and I just heard a lot of people going at, going, um, talking about this, obviously, now that they've announced, like, the, the comeback day. And I'm like, I'm not mad at this matchup. Like, for somebody said, what did they say? They said, yo, when you take out Patrick Beverly, you still have this. I said, when did Patrick Beverly become <laughs> such a key piece on a team that he's now like, when you take him out the game, like you still have yeah. Paul George. I'm like, yeah. who is like Patrick Beverly is Avery Bradley. That's a wash. If like that is a wash. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that is. That, those are the same two people. Just one takes showers and one <laughs> one does like that's the same player right there. They both lock up and they'll hit an open bucket. Patrick Beverly just doesn't like putting deodorant on after the game. <laughs> he likes to ride home musty. I don't know what that's about. I don't know. <laughs> look, man, look, it obviously is something, you know, the world is waiting to see. L.A. is waiting to see. Hopefully we get it this year. But I got to say, I would love to see the Lakers play Portland first round. That's the first round matchup I went for because I'm a fan of Dame Dollar. Like, I know he's got it in him to pull the upset. I'm a huge Mellow fan. I love C.J. McCollum. I think that would be a tough matchup for you guys because they're bringing back Nurkic and Zach Collins, and they have Hassan Whiteside, so they actually have the size for you. So you guys might not even make it out of the first round. And they have Hassan Whiteside. And see, that's what I'm saying. When did these players become such – so, like, you said that, like, we don't have Anthony Davis. Like, we don't have D D39 doing his thing this year. Don't mention him, please. D okay. Dwight is he's on he's been a mystery, but yeah. he has definitely been hooping this year. I ain't heard nothing from Dwight during quarantine season. Also, who knows where Dwight's been at? No, that's great. That's what you want. That's what you, you want to keep him low. You want to keep him low and out of the camera right now. Mm -hmm. And then you also got Javel coming in. As long as his asthma ain't acting up, he's ready. He's ready. So like this from a size, like I think it's a great match. I don't think Portland. 
I'm not worried about them in, in any way, shape, or form. I'm only kind of seeing the Clippers. Maybe, maybe Denver on some sneaky. Um, and I just, I just don't. And I think like I think that Houston lineup is gonna get them cracked real fast. So I'm not even worried. Unless Westbrook just goes fucking supernova because he just had all this time off. Because that's yeah. the one wild card. Like if he's hitting threes, then Westbrook is he's a different player. Maybe, but I just don't. I think like if they play a team with size, if they play Denver, like who is like you got PJ Tucker on Jokic? Like that's not happening. Like PJ Tucker is guarding who on our team? On who? On what team? Guarding AD. Okay, <laughs> I would love that. Let's eat. That's how like Thanksgiving. That seems like Thanksgiving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I don't know what. Like that's what I'm saying. That was a stupid match. That was a stupid uh, GM move to me for longevity in the playoffs. Like, I mean, it's not, it sounds cool in the regular season, but yeah. no way. No way. Yeah, and, no, you got, and you got who you, who you think is coming out the East? Uh, shit, probably just Milwaukee. Like, I was hoping KD and Kyrie would come back to make it interesting. Toronto, um, to me, I don't think they have enough firepower. Like I said, dope regular season team. We've seen those in the past, like the Atlanta Hawks and fuck, the Toronto Raptors before they got Kawhi, a regular season team. Uh, Philly would be interesting, and uh, who's the that's other? And Boston, and Boston would be interesting. But probably yeah, that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Boston, I think, it has the best uh, chance of challenging Milwaukee. I just think if you make Giannis, if you take him out the paint, which I know is easier said than done. Like I, I got to see if him and Corver been in the lab uh, through quarantine because the jumper wasn't looking like it yeah. was championship ready before no. before all this kind of shut up. So yeah. I don't know. Like I, I think he's still a season away with the jumper. Um, and I mean, I can get into what, like, I'm so excited to see what he does in free agency too, but that's off topic. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I think Boston might have it. Cause I just think, I think Milwaukee's going to fold up once you shrink the, shrink the floor. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, it's a matter like Boston definitely has more talent. Um, but you know, man, Milwaukee's been together longer and they've kind of been through the process. So, you know, it's whether it's experience and, and chemistry. Because uh, what's his name? Kimba, it's his first year with the Celtics. I don't know if he's even been to the playoffs with Charlotte. Maybe like one year, maybe. But you got the yellow mamba out there doing his ha-ha. Like, I'm, I'm so sad. I still think about it like once every couple months how the Lakers took Lonzo Ball over the yellow mamba. He was sitting right there, <laughs> sitting right there, showing you everything you needed to see at the great University of Duke. And my man, we at the second coming right there light skin version damn so i don't know are you are you blowing philly up if they get smacked if they get disrespected yes. are you yeah okay. no you know what you either blow them up or you get a new coach because but clearly how, something's not working but how you gonna how do you not how do you keep ben simmons in that broke ass jumper like and that meant like i don't i just don't know i don't know you have to send him somewhere you have to send him and well, then who who is this first off? And then who is the shooting coach in Philly? Because we got Ben Simmons and Markel looking real weird out there. What is happening to jumpers out there? So whoever I, the shooting coach is, he's under the spotlight. I have no idea. Shooting coach, one, you're an NBA player. Like this is what you do. Like I, dudes at the rec league shoot better than y'all. So like, there's no fucking excuse for that. Ben Simmons, man, like point guards who can't shoot historically have worked in the past. Jason Kidd used to be called Ace and Kidd because he has no. He got, he got wet though. He got he didn't he won a championship, but he got wet. Where is he in though? Uh, shit. I, 
look, I think I think schematically you can make it happen. You just got to be more strategic about it. Brett Brown, if he if he's not, because it's kind of hard to let go of Ben Simmons. Because one, Embiid is always hurt. So you trade away Ben Simmons, and Embiid gets hurt, then you're just like, well, shit, what do we have now? Tobias Harris, you know. So I think you kind of got to keep Ben Simmons just for insurance purposes. They messed, they messed up letting Jimmy Butler go. I don't know what the money was exactly, and I know him and Brett Brown had some locker room issues, but that was that was a, a major, major fail. Cause this, yeah. I mean, it's showing right now. Like, And then you got Al Horford in there coming off, getting paid $40 million to come off the bench. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what is what happened? What happened? Because you guys were – you had a good little buildup, and now yeah. it's just like we don't know what to do. Well, um, so what they did in the offseason was they gave Horford all that money. Then they gave Tobias Harris, who the Clippers were like, we'll give you 80. They gave him $180 million. Tobias Harris. Like, he, has, he has game, but he's not game-changing. He's not taking over a game. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is your f- fourth option. Yeah. If he's On a championship team, he's a fourth option. That's nasty. Yeah, and he's and he's coming with that Clippers stain, so you already know what time it is. Like that's my thing. I'm like, no one's ever been great coming from there. So, you know what I mean? So that's it's, it's nasty already. Once you go there, it's a nasty stench on you for a long time. A long look at CP. He doesn't know how to get right at all. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm saying, that Clippers stink. That Clippers stain will just stick with you, bro. And that's Equilibrium. Houston had their best season with Chris Paul after that damn trade. And OKC has no business being in the playoffs. You got two former Clippers, Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander. So I'm, and, and Gallinari, actually. So I, I, re, I rebuke everything you just said. Look at these names. Look at these names. We don't know who you're talking about right now. Look at these names. <laughs> these are some nasty names right here. <laughs> oh my God. This is why we don't like Laker fans. The disrespect is deep. It's personal. It's uncalled for. I'm ready because I feel like I feel like I, you know Balco James has been in the lab, ready to go, getting his you know getting his HGH on a regular. <laughs> I, think, I think Braun is just ready to start tearing down rims. I've been seeing my man. The grades coming out because the Balco is nasty right now. Yeah. But like once he shaves that down, I feel like we're ready to hoop. Like I'm, I'm, but I am scared because I just haven't really seen players doing anything. Yeah. Uh, like this whole time. So I don't know where people are at. When I heard Jason Tatum said he hadn't picked up a basketball for months, I'm like, that scares me. Like, yeah. I don't know how we need to I'm, touch around. I'm sure you have access to a facility. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So I got yeah, I got to see what that those first. I think they're doing eight games. I think everybody has eight games and they'll figure out the seating. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be weird. And then no fans is a, is a yeah. different experience too. It's going to be a weird. Yeah. And like this would be a great – I'm, first, I'm not going to speak it into existence because I, you know, I have the ability to manifest. So I'm not going to talk about the Clippers winning anything. But like, if you guys do happen to finesse this, it's a super asterisk for y'all. Like, if no. we win, if we win, then it's cool. But if y'all win, it's a super asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm already prepared for the asterisk quarantine championship. But hey, when we put that banner up there, there's not going to be an asterisk there. Okay. I don't even know how to make banners. You don't even know where to go to get the banners, bro. Like that's why that's why I hate when you talk about banners. You've never went to purchase one ever. Like mm-hmm. stop, man. Listen, stop. hey, you forget we got Jerry West up in the front office, so he'll tell us where to go. But you forget we got Kobe looking down from heaven right now. You yeah. don't like we got we got KB looking down from heaven, seeing all this 
chaos, like, yo, let me go ahead and just, let's get, let's get it going. Yeah, that's the truck car right there. Not the I, truck I told somebody, I told somebody if the Lakers won it this year for Kobe, I would respect it. But you got to understand, Paul George was a huge Kobe guy. Kawhi Leonard. I don't even believe that. Kobe. I don't even believe that anymore. They, believe that. <laughs> Kawhi. The things he's done and said, I don't even, like, we don't even have enough time for me to really tell, unpack <laughs> how I feel about PG. Ah, uh, he's a nasty, he's nasty, man. I don't know how to. Fresno? Fresno? Okay, okay. My bad with Paul George. I know Laker fans have to feel a certain type of way. Kawhi. No, because then he, cause he's come out and said things like, you know, when I really think about it, I was actually a Clipper fan. I'm like, bro, can you really never speak on our name ever again? Because we don't even want you to come back to California at this point. Like, okay. Kawhi, like, though. Kawhi was definitely a student of Kobe at the Mamba Academy. Like, one of my favorite pictures is Kobe staring at Kawhi, like, while he's working out. And, uh, you know, I feel like them two is going to dedicate this to Kobe, too. So whoever wins in L.A., they're going to dedicate it. That'll be a riot. They even <laughs> mentioned, they even mentioned Kobe's name. Oh, my God. It'll be problems, son. Like, they better make sure they stay far away from any Laker topics if, if they win. <laughs> and then I don't like how, like, Kawhi is great. I'm, I'm, I love his game. He's nice. If I ever hear someone live tell me he's better than Kobe in front of my face, it'll be fisticuffs. Like, yeah. like you got to be realistic with some of this comparison stuff. That, that, you'll never hear that come out of my mouth. Um, that's that bullshit you see on ESPN. And I actually, you know, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, fellow friend, you know, brother Jamel, me and him, our only conversations are to antagonize each other. We message each other back and forth three to four times a week just to piss each other off. But I told him, Kobe said all them ESPN dudes, because he loves pulling out the ESPN ranking, Braun is number two, whatever. I said, Kobe said in 2014 he knew all of them were a bunch of idiots anyway when they ranked him like number 40. Okay, so that's why I had to create my own platform because I'm sick of those fools. So you're right, Kawhi is nowhere near Kobe. Kobe's top five, top three all time, okay? But uh, Kawhi is still great. He's a student of Kobe. He went to the Mamba Academy. He's going to represent. Yeah, anybody talking like Nick Wright, I don't want to hear none of that. Like, I saw my own – I saw with my own eyes. I studied the game. Yes. I've never seen Co- – I've seen Michael Jordan. When it comes to skills, yes. I've seen Michael Jordan. I've seen Kobe Bryant. That's what it is. LeBron yes. is the best athlete I've ever seen. Yes. He's one of the best all-around players I've ever seen. Yes. Don't ever put him with those other two, please. No. Ever. It's not so. – it's not even necessary. But, you know, they always say you got to lift – you got to tear some people down and lift somebody up. That's why – a lot of people like myself are not a huge Bron guy because they got to shit on Jordan's legacy. They got to shit on Kobe's legacy. Uh, this person's championship doesn't matter. This person's championship doesn't matter. But LeBron doing this, that's really something. It's like, like even with Giannis right now, they're like, well, should he even win MVP playing in the East? Where do you think all Bron's MVPs came from? Where was he when he was playing? Yeah, come on, it's nasty over here. It's nasty. Oh, last thing before we go. Do you feel like Matt, do you feel like the uh, the Jordan doc hurt or helped him hurt or helped his legacy? Oh man, I, I heard somebody some people talking about that. You can't hurt Jordan's legacy. Period. You like you, hurt it? you just can't. You can't hurt his legacy. Uh, wow. I think it helped his legacy for people like me who. But I read the books, so I had heard some of these stories already. Now you're just seeing it. Like if you were like 
If you, the thing is, if you lifted Michael Jordan up on a pedestal and thought he was this perfect guy who was just like this perfect teammate or whatever, then maybe it opened your eyes to some shit. But if you've been in competitive sports and on teams, sometimes that shit gets nasty. Sometimes that shit gets real. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm cool with that. I just, from a, from a team, like, I just hate how Kobe used to get killed for being a teammate. But, like, my man was literally one of the worst teammates of all time. He just won. He just won. Well, so, like. But Kobe won, too. I know, but, like, come on, bro. And then, like, Kobe's known as a snitch for the, no, for the that's Shaq, that's the Shaq shenanigans. Then the opening scene is Michael snitching on the whole squad about what's happening in the, in the hotel room. If you know who's on the team, he said every player was in there getting buck wild. Hey, I said, wow, hey, this my hey, man is an informant over here. Hey. Number one, they had to name the cocaine circus for a reason. Jordan did come up with that name. That shit was already out there too. I think Kobe's legacy, the only thing that hurts Kobe's legacy is he beef with Shaq and people love Shaq. So, and the, well, Michael, nobody loves Michael's teammates. Even Scottie Pippen, people are just like, all right, whatever. That's what I'm saying. He didn't kill, like, bro, he didn't kill Scottie, the whole doc. No, no, he didn't kill Scottie. The, the whole, whole doc, self, selfish. Selfish. Why, why are we even talking about Scottie not going into the game? That wasn't even a part of the last season. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come whoa. on, bro. It was a retrospective. I'm just saying. He had final edits. He had final edits on everything, and it made Scotty look like a mark. Buster, the whole six episodes. Was he not? Was he not? You know, he was the second best player in the league, from what I, from what I can tell. No, 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 no. See, that's the narrative people like to spin. Scottie Pippen got seven MVP votes in 94. Seven. It was Hakeem Olajuwon and David Robinson. Those and Shaq. Those are the best people in the league. Scottie Pippen was not fucking second best player in the league. People uh, just, just top say, 50 all time. Come on, put some respect on my man's name. That's what I'm talking about. You sound like you you really drinking the Kool-Aid over here. Is he still? It's been a long – the league's been around for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. We've no, a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyrie's come out here, so I don't really know about that. But, no, Scotty's still up there for me. He, I think I think if I really broke it down, I would still throw Scotty in the top 50. Because for me, I don't know where he, where he is right now, where he was from that original list. Yeah. There's only been, to me, like maybe – five to ten players that would crack that list. Like, and you got to throw Russell based off of accolades. Just go at his position. Just go at his position. KD. Small forward? Yeah, it's KD. Is, is Bron small forward or is he yeah, playing? Bron. Okay. Uh, Kawhi. Kawhi's better than him. I'm not – see, that's what – I would say Scottie Pippen is as good as Kawhi Leonard. I would say that. I would say that. No, no. Hill. Remember young Scottie, bro, locking up everyone – locking up everyone – and athletic as hell, but and can hit a J. But he couldn't score. He couldn't score. You're a crazy man, bro. I know. I, trust me. I look. Come on. I'm a Bulls guy. His, his he top can't score. His top scoring season was like 21 points a game. Like they even said that Phil's best coaching season was 94 because the best player on the team wasn't a scorer. Like it was a. It was by committee. Like Kawhi has like two defensive player of the years. And he can average thirty points a game. Like Scotty just didn't have that. He, I don't like. I don't like that though. He's, he's not playing. With, he's playing with Jack the Ripper, putting up Allen Iverson shot attempts. And I you said want my man to average thirty. Huh? I said ninety four when. Jordan I mean, that's one season. It was. It was. It was rare for his brain to even have that much rock. He never had to rock that much. I mean, his whole career, he's been like feeding my managers. You know what I mean? The egomaniac. The most insecure athlete of all time that turned it into a six championship. Times, six rings. 
you, you, you go along for the ride. Look, I feel you on the Kobe stuff. Look, the Kobe slander, I think, is ridiculous, okay? And then people, people try and do the same thing with MJ. They try and figure out things. But you can't, you can't fuck with that man's legacy. I'm sorry. It's over. And then the same thing with Kobe now. You know, unfortunately, with him passing, people have now obviously taken a step back to the Kobe slander now. Now they're even, – even my guy Bill Simmons and other people, like, they will have ex-players come on and tell them how great Kobe is and then be like, yeah, but I still think Tim Duncan was better. Or I still think that it's like you're having guys like Steven Jackson who played with Tim Duncan went on the Bill Simmons pod and was like, I'd rather have Kobe. And, and Larry Bird said, if you want to win championships, you play with Kobe. If you want to have fun, you play with Bron. So they will get the facts, but then they'll yeah. just make up their own narrative. So I mean, Bill Simmons is coming with the Beantown antics, and we, we don't have time for these type of shenanigans. We know that's a biased opinion because he had Bill Simmons probably somewhere in a bathroom with the lights off crying 2010-2011 season. No, you're not winning it. Go cry, go sit down. We'll talk about it next season, maybe. But, like, yeah, nah. Like, he, we already know what time it is when, we talk, when it comes to Bill and Lakers, Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, I, and like, we're closing this. I'm glad you brought up the last dance uh, because I got to say one of my most heartwarming scenes was – MJ in the locker room talking about a young Kobe, knowing he's coming for him. Like, he going to make it one-on-one, that little Laker boy, da 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 And you had all those – those dudes was established in the league already, whether it was Reggie, whether it was Penny, Tim Hardaway. All of them knew that kid in that other locker room was coming for him, and Kobe came out and put on the show, and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on, bro. It's fun as always. Coming to, uh, you know, when we get into the round robin March Madness all day basketball style that they're talking about, um, I definitely got to come back and, and, and uh, chop it up with you and see, you know, how, how everything plays out. Shit, man. All right. It's good having you on. Hopefully, you're, I'm glad your internet connection held up. You know, next time, you know, we'll be talking with the, the Clippers on the way to a ring. Psych. <laughs> 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 I'm a boy. <laughs>